The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. It is Monday, May the 18th. Another week. Another, you know. We're keeping on. Hope you're doing well out there. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. If you leave a question, a five-star question, we will answer it on a hashtag Mailbag Monday. Uh, which is what this is featuring the NFL super friends. We will be talking about Michael Jordan as well. Um, I, I didn't start watching the MJ documentary on ESPN, uh, at the exact time as everybody else when it first premiered, but I have caught up and I've watched like every episode two or three times. It is friggin' awesome. The ratings are ridiculous. Like seven million people getting together on a Sunday night to watch like, a show about Michael Jordan and all this stuff that we already knew. Uh, and it's still riveting, uh, you know, for, especially for NBA fans such as myself. I don't know about Debo if he's enjoying it or not. Um, are you guys, the NFL super friends, are you watching? I will say, uh, as the Michael Jordan of this podcast. Thank you. That, I appreciate that. Uh, you mean yourself. Yes. I mean myself. No, I think I'm the Michael Jordan of the podcast. No, you're like, you're the Judd Bushler of this podcast. Nice. By the way, I love it was so clear that Breach was talking about himself and Britain somehow thought it was about him generally. Well, I was gonna, I would say that Ryan would say, I mean, like, MJ, all his teammates hated him. Yeah, but MJ was actually good at his Yeah, job. but yeah, I was just gonna say, <laughs> he was at least good. <laughs> Who's this oh, no. uh, Hey, play on. the music! Play the music! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't have it hooked up. That was a but, but I will say, I think I'm, oh, I'm a casual NBA fan. I watch a few games a season. I'm not watching it every single night. Uh, but this is, I mean, it's been utterly fascinating. I think the Jordan era was the last time I was watching games all the time. Uh, and like, I'm hooked on it and I watch it. For instance, spoils it for me on Twitter Sunday night, but I do watch it every Monday morning. Well, that's not true because I haven't tweeted about it once on Sunday night. What? Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Uh, that must be your oh. fake account I follow. Your burner. I'm sure Sean's tweeting about it, though. No, I actually haven't watched a single second of it. Are you serious? Goodness. Sean. Wow. I did watch the first three episodes, and then I waited because my 13-year-old wanted to start watching it, and we just haven't synced up our times. You know who does tweet about it a lot on Sunday nights? Mr. Eric Debo. So I have to close Twitter when I'm watching Oh, Debo does tweet about it a lot. Um, following Debo. Debo's had some good tweets, and I've, I favored them, uh, but the algorithm – you know, obviously the algorithm forces more tweet. Like if you favorite somebody's tweets a couple of times, they start jamming their tweets down your throat. I got, I got a lot of Debo tweets in there. Oh, I um, get a lot of Brinson tweets. I can, I can imagine. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah, right, right. Every time at the time I saw like my dad's uh, feed on his laptop for Twitter, like he followed like five people. It's like the Wall Street Journal and me. And it's just like, it's a picture of like my face like 40 times and then like, like occasionally like a Wall Street Journal article in there. I was like, oh, man's God. trying to get the news and all he gets is Brenton's face every 45 seconds. Or some snarky, stupid. yeah, it's like a, a video of like Ryan Tannehill falling down while trying to make a throw or like, like a sarcastic joke. Damn it, Brenton, get off my computer. Yeah. It, I looked at it and I was like, that looks terrible. Like, can you imagine like just all you load up Twitter is just me? Yeah. That's, that's like, uh, that's how you punish. Like, you know, they, like the, those dictators, when they would flush them out of their homes at the end of the rains, they would like um, blast rock music. They just 
sit you in a room, have, make peel your eyes open, and make you read Brinson tweets twenty four seven. That's how you. W- Wilson, have you heard of? I mentioned this to Breach the other day, but have you heard about the Wind of Change podcast? I saw you guys mention that somewhere. What are the specifics of it? It is a. Uh, did we talk about this already, Sean? No. Uh, have you heard about it? No. I was just so laughing at- the guy who the guy who hosts it, he writes for the Atlantic, and he, um, he. His theory, he's been told this theory by former CIA guys. He's trying to prove it by interviewing everybody. They do the podcast about it is that the CIA wrote wind of change for the scorpions as a way to create political unrest in the Soviet Union and t- like to tear down the Berlin Wall and to take out the Soviet Union. But like it's a compel, like first of all, that's everything I want in a podcast, like right there, like music, yeah. a conspiracy. Um, by the way. Those CIA, CIA guys, best songwriters in history, just happen to be intelligence community. Well, but it's weird because like the wind, wind of change is not popular. It was not popular in America, but it's like wildly popular in. Every in, time you hear it, at least because I grew up in the eighties, you think about the the Berlin Wall coming down. Berlin Wall, right? Yeah, the Berlin Wall. Yeah, yeah that's that's what it's about. I mean, they're German rockers, and like, the, I don't know, it's it's. Wait, Scorpions are German. <laughs> yeah. I didn't Klaus, Klaus Weindersland or something like that is, is, is cool. the lead singer's name. I didn't know that either until I started listening to the podcast. Um, so I'm like, I'm like two and a half episodes in. I highly recommend it. It's, I, I'd well, like, I will say quickly, uh, Debo's got me on these true crime, true crime podcasts and his recommendations are really good. I've had to take a break from them because I listen to them at night and then I wake up having terrible thoughts <laughs> and then I can't go do things normally because I'm like, all right, is someone going to jump out from behind this tree and hit me in the head? With a, with a sledgehammer or something. So they're good in small doses. Anyway, let's get to, uh, we mentioned Michael Jordan. So here's the question. What is the closest thing that the NFL has? What is the, who is the NFL's version of Michael Jordan? Um, this is, you know, you could take this question whichever direction you want. And since Breach is most likely to take it in a weird direction, you can go first. You know what? I'm actually probably going to steal someone's answer. Probably Sean, since he copies off everything I say. I am going to say, sorry, Sean. I already took Brinson down. I got to take you. Uh, let's see. Now I go around really... the corner. Are I'm you going to with... say? Are you going to say the Chiefs? I am going with Tom Brady. I think Ugh. Tom Brady would be the most fascinating uh, person, or the Patriots, or Belichick. Just that whole part right there. If you told me, you know, this whole thing's coming out 23 years from now. If 23 years from today, we got a 10 part documentary. documentary on Brady's final season in New England and kind of how everything imploded, I would watch that in a second and, and all the way up into him leaving New England. Uh, if we had a 10-part documentary on their 2016 season where he got suspended, flew to Italy for the first part of the season, hung out with Giselle and didn't even care about what was going on, they came back and won the Super Bowl, I would watch that. If we had a 10-parter on Brady in 2001 getting the QB job and the Patriots Winning the Super Bowl as a 14-point underdog. I would, there's like five different Patriot seasons that I would watch a 10-part documentary on. I was going to say the same answer, but for different reasons. <laughs> I, I think well, – go ahead. You can. I like how you went to Breach thinking you'd get a weird answer. Then he said Tom Brady, which I feel like is probably the most common answer. I feel but like it's the worst answer. I think it's the right answer because I think the way we measure how great players are and compare them to other players throughout history in their respective sports – is with championships, assuming that they are the star player in that team and not like a Robert Horry type, because they've won the same amount of championships. Michael you Jordan. You don't say Robert Horry. That's not how you say his name. What's that? This is Judd, Judd and you make fun Judd of Bush me Bush for not being able to pronounce things. That guy is a multi-time NBA champion. Oh please, he's a glorified ring bearer. Okay, <laughs> seven rings. I did not mean to seven a Robert Horry discussion. Uh, but I think Tom Brady in. Michael Jordan, when you're arguing if they're the best player in their respective sports, it always starts with the six championships. And I think the the other argument you probably expected me to make is Patrick Mahomes. How I would no, argue, I would it, hope, I would hope you would have the gosh darn sensibility not to suggest a third year NFL quarterback <laughs> comparing him to Michael Jordan. I would yes, hope, I would hope that you would have the sensibility to not do that, and yet you did it anyway. No, I'm I surprised was, you didn't say Jay Cutler. Yeah, that was coming. That, that was, oh, <laughs> no, that's not. No, that's not a dunking. I like that he got properly dunked on earlier. Did not have the audio, and all of a sudden now he has found the audio for not even a dunking. I wasn't going to say Patrick Mahomes. I was going to compare Mahomes to LeBron when LeBron was starting out. I think he has 
a chance to unseat Brady as the greatest of all time. And that's going to be something we monitor. But ultimately, people are going to say, did he win as many Super Bowls? Just like how LeBron is compared to MJ, and it's always that he hasn't won as many championships. John, what's your what's your answer? You've been talking for 10 minutes. What's your answer? Tom Brady. See, I think that I think the Tom Brady, I think Mahomes is a, it's a trash answer. And if you suggest Mahomes, it, it shows that you're clearly like a, a 25 year old with an 18 with an eight year old brain. Um, I think that the Tom Brady answer equally questionable. I understand that the goat factor applies here with Tom Brady, but like like the whole thing with Jordan is a 90s nostalgia thing. And like stuff we haven't seen before and like stories being told. Like we know everything about the Patriots. I will, I will no, say we that. don't know everything about Hold the Patriots. That's I, ridiculous. I, I, we don't know everything at all. We don't, don't even know, know what Ernie everything. Adams does. <laughs> Jesus. Princeton, gonna, that's so inaccurate. I can't believe you just said that. No, no, we know uh, Tom Brady's already done his own documentary called Tom versus time. There's only so many times Princeton. I can watch Tom and Brady. Did you watch a, it? Did you watch a, it? I can only watch him get a thigh massage so many times. It? Did you yes. watch that documentary? Yes, you did. And it I'm wasn't, a, no, and nobody was tuning in on a random Sunday night to watch it like the last dance. But that was just Tom Brady. If you use everyone, if Belichick is in this, if it's the Patriots have the also, okay. If you wait like 20 years, if you wait like 20 years too after he, 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 he retires, people have more interest. People don't have interest in it when it's happening right now. If you did, if you did, uh, when Breach started, I was like, yeah. And then as he talked, I, the more I thought about it, if you did this documentary next year, I think people would watch it. If you got to find out things like, who is Arnie Adams? More importantly, uh, how much does Tom Brady really hate Bill Belichick? If that was a conversation, I think people want to know about that. The same with Josh McDaniel. So I would want to know uh, about that. I want to know about, like, not about his marriage, but, like, how much is Giselle buying in? How much does she yell and scream at him for doing stuff? Like, I mean, she told Howard Stern she wrote a letter saying he needed to be a better parent. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, those are things I, I want to hear about. And I'm sure, like, um, she – I would imagine you, – You mean Yoko, Yoko Bunchen? I would imagine I was going to say she she feels like she wears the pants in that relationship, and I I would imagine Tom Brady would probably admit that, not knowing them uh, or their relationship at all, but just sort of on the outside looking in. I mean, we're oh. definitely less than three years away from Tom Brady wearing a pantsuit to a Met Gala. But I, I mean, to Sean and, and John's point, I think we haven't we scratched the surface on what we know about the because they're so like Jer- Derek Jeter, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, pa- Peyton Manning talking points. You get nothing out of them. So the the Facebook thing was sort of a neat little glimpse, but it was. You know, it was sugarcoated because it was by Tom's people. I'll, I'll agree with the construct that, and I guess this is sort of how I was thinking, like in 15 or 20 years, if you can convince everybody on that, the Patriots team, the 2000, uh, and, and 19 Patriots team to come back and talk openly and honestly about this stuff, the way that the Bulls are doing it now, then yeah, I'll buy it. But like, I really do think that because everything, Things that are happening in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 are just like the the coverage of it is so intense. Like, I I guess, I guess the difference to me is that to look, I think the answer would be, I think the answer is Brett Favre and the, and the Packers. Like, I think that would be fascinating because you, you get this throwback uh, sense of, of, of a, like, you feel like you're taken to a sort of a different time. Um, and to relive some, like reliving the Jordan stuff. And even Brett Favre is not almost not far enough back to make it like like the whole Jordan thing. Ninety six, um, but the time jumps taking it back to the eighties. You know, yeah. I mean, like, like I mean, like I feel like it, like in Jordan with Jordan, we're hopping all around our childhood. You but, know, like, so I think the answer to to the Patriots' point is that you just make it about their whole dynasty, so you can hop. I mean, you yeah. have you could have the coaches openly talk about Aaron Hernandez. I mean, there are some seriously very good topics that you could spend an entire episode on. If you just cover the entire dynasty, which is kind of what they did with Jordan, they well, covered his whole career, you know, using the last season as the focus, obviously. Yeah. And I guess that, that's sort of the other problem that I have with the Tom Brady answer is that the whole key to the last dance is that, uh, Michael Jordan and David Stern agreed to do, to let this be filmed, knowing that they both had to sign off on it before it could ever be released. And I don't think Bill Belichick would ever sign off on allowing his, like allowing that to happen. Yeah. What's in it for him? But I mean, that's not the question. The question is, what do you want to see? Well, and too, the other thing, I mean, no, look, of course, if you, if you gave, if you had full inside access to the Patriots a season of the Patriots, absolutely. That would be awesome. I just question whether or not it would be pulled off at that level. And like, additionally, we sort of have, you know, like a, like a, like a season when it comes to 
just like a like a regular modern football season. Like you know, you, we have the Amazon stuff, we have the Hard Knocks. We sort of knows what what goes into that. So I kind that's the other reason I would want to throw it back to something that's a little bit older. I mean, Deion Sanders already has a thirty for thirty. I think he's a pretty good answer. Uh, I. I would personally want somebody who could give me that '90s childhood nostalgia. And I'm just trying to think, like, the, like, how about how about the 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 big three Cowboys? Like, that would be insane. Yeah, I mean, you got the crazy story of like Michael Irvin uh, going say, after someone. Say, yeah, and then like, of course, there may or may not have been drugs involved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys absolutely people would watch that. But the Irvin stories that he, like stabbed the teammate, like getting the whole all the details. On that, all the stories on the on the drugs. Barry Switzer just came out and said he was going out and getting drunk during Super Bowl week because he wanted to relish hey, it. Just like you, John. Hey, I mean Super Bowl week, man. Do your <laughs> you do your job, you do your Belichick job, yeah. and then you enjoy yourself. If I haven't told the story already at the New York Super is this, Bowl, John, is this the eighty nine things to know about the Super Bowl? <laughs> John did not do his job, and I had to do them with the flu. It was your flu game, Ryan. I know you needed a flu game. <laughs> It was Breach's flu game and he no-showed. <laughs> uh, Brinson bringing up the Favre dynamic. You guys want a fun fact? Brett Favre's first comeback of his NFL career was against the Bengals in 1992. How dare my, you. My, my dad kicked a field goal with under 90 seconds left to put the Bengals up by Ooh. six. And then Favre threw a 35-yard touchdown pass with 10 seconds left. To you know what the lesson the is there? The Bengals should have gone for it on fourth down. I mean, that probably is not the lesson, but how, uh, what was, what was the, how far was it fourth and five or fourth and one? What was the, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the downs, Ryan. I don't have the down and distance in my head. I just, you know, I thought you were looking at the old playbook there. Oh, no, I wasn't. That was straight, straight from the memory. Gotcha. What, uh, what are some other, I, I guess like I, I, no one asked me, so I will tell you. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going with Dan Marino because Dan Marino. Uh, to honor Pete Prisco is the best player to ever play the game. Uh, and he didn't win a Super Bowl. So I think that journey would be interesting. He, you can start at the very beginning. He grew up in, um, Western Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh wasn't drafted by the Steelers because, uh, they drafted Gabe Rivera, I think an offensive lineman who got hurt or defensive lineman who got hurt in a car accident shortly after his career started. And he was whatever the third or fourth or fifth quarterback taken. I think partly because there were some concerns that he was using drugs or something. I think that was the rumor back then. I don't remember what it was, but obviously the Steelers. That is. They're, Correct, I believe. Yeah, their Steeler, their fortunes would have certainly changed if they had drafted him uh, and, instead of going with um, – they still had Terry Bradshaw at that point. But that, and then going to Super Bowl early in his career and then being whitewashed, I think – I don't think – I don't remember off the top of my head the last time that he was in a Super Bowl, but I know he went early and then just setting all sorts of records. I mean, the man threw for 5,000 yards in year two in 1984, 48 touchdowns. I mean, that is bonkers uh, back in 84 when everything was, you know, run game – and two wide receiver sets. So I'd watch that. I think it'd be interesting. It wouldn't be like the behind the scenes stuff. I don't think anyone would care. I don't think there was any drama that we knew about. Like we knew about, had a sense of the Michael Jordan drama with Scottie Pippen and, and Jerry Krause and all that. But I don't think there was any of that, uh, at least bubbling on the surface um, back in the, in the eighties and, and early nineties, but just to, to sort of the arc of his career and how he never got a chance to, to win a Super Bowl, even though he was one of the best ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm sort of with the last dance comparison. And I think that if you're picking a, if you're picking a, um, player who is the Michael Jordan of the NFL, the answer has to, that answer has to be Brady, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, in terms of winning, I don't think there was the friction with Brady. Like Brady gets after his teammates, but not the way Jordan got after his teammates. And Joe Montana, I don't feel like, got after his teammates that way, or Dan Marino didn't. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, if anything, Brady, like, teams up with his coach and is, like, a, you know, plays along with what – or played along with what Belichick wanted in order to make it easier for Belichick to coach up his players in a certain way, which is not – you know, like, that organization had structure. The fascinating thing about, like – and maybe that's sort of why I think the Favre thing works, too, is that, like, you know, you had the you had Tony Kukoc, who was – um, you know, had been, had been basically designated as the future of the Bulls. And, you know, Jerry, you need like a Jerry Kraut. Like you, the Jordan thing works so well because you have a, a dynamic like, you know, a, a good and bad dynamic with, with Jerry Krause and Michael Jordan. Yeah. And I think by most accounts, Jerry Krause is actually pretty good at his job. He was. He's great at his job. He's just, he, he, like if he, looked, a, yeah. if he looked like Cliff Kingsbury, this isn't a documentary. I mean, I'm not even kidding. He looks like 
Jerry Krause. So, okay, it's easy for Michael Jordan to pick on him. Michael Jordan probably isn't coming, at Cliff King, coming after Cliff Kingsbury making those same decisions. Um, but, you know, that's all part of it. Uh, the other ones that Debo brought up that I think would be interesting, LT with the Giants. I feel like – I mean, it, it would be great. Haven't there, I feel like there's just been a lot of LT – Stories, or there's just so many stories. Is that, but maybe that's a good example because it would be like a throwback to the nostalgia uh, of the time. Um, you know, you would get LT doing stuff off the field. If you had like an unprecedented year long follow LT around for with cameras, that would be insane. Fun and fact, pro- you know the answer to this probably, but uh, you know where LT went to college? Yeah, obviously Carolina. Do you know where he grew up? Went to high school. There's and your fun fact New Jersey. Williamsburg, Virginia, babe. Close. Williamsburg, Virginia. He was from Williamsburg, which is nuts. Uh, Sean Payton tweeted out that he thinks the best combo all time, two sports, any two sports, only one player from one sport, uh, one college, LT and MJ. Can you beat that? I don't think so. Uh, I will say on LT real quick, there is already a documentary called LT, The Life and Times. And if you guys haven't seen it, that is how big it was not. So maybe LT – you know, he's already given unfiltered and it wasn't, it didn't draw enough interest. Well, right. Yeah. But I mean, like the, I mean, okay, let me ask you this. How much do you think that the quarantine boosted the success of the last dance? A lot. Yeah. yeah. What else you got to do? I mean, I mean, they moved it up. <laughs> they released it earlier than they were planning to in order to capture, you know, people who were sitting around and they ran out two, two episodes a night. Um, it would have been running during the NBA Finals this year, so that would have been interesting if there's someone like LeBron in it. I, I think there would have been a lot of interest still in that case. I think quarantine exceeds that, but I think it would have done pretty well if you got LeBron playing one night and then the last dance on the next night. That is actually a good point, Debo. The um, I just find it fascinating. Like you know, you have a there's just I, I don't know that there's anybody in the NFL who meets the level to which people of a certain age and like this, you know, 10 to 15 year demographic, like Devo, I mean, I, I ask you this thing all the time. How old are you? 28. Right. So what are your Michael Jordan memories? The wizards, <laughs> the hair of the Washington wizards and his final game of his career. I wanted to skip my Holy communion to go to his game at, uh, in Philadelphia and I was not allowed to do so. So I recorded oh. that on VHS. Ugh. Almost the same as being there. VHS. <laughs> Um, so the, the Bulls, that jazz series, I was, I was watching, but I'm not remembering. Right. Like I remember, I remember, I remember I was at a hams in high point on main street watching with my dad when you know, the, the shot of the push off of Byron Russell or whatever it was the, uh, but I, I think like the two, two guys stand out to me in, in terms of like getting hyped up, uh, for this series, uh, Kyle Brandt, friend of the show, uh, is all good morning football is like a, you know, a nineties nostalgia monster. Like nobody loves nostalgia quite like Kyle Brand, and you can see him getting hyped up for this and talking about like you know putting on you know old Jordans to get to wear for this. Uh, and then the other guy, our colleague and of course friend of the program, Jonathan Jones, who actually filmed himself coming, or I guess his uh, his his lady filmed him coming in and out of his closet, changing in and out of forty two different Michael Jordan jerseys. Uh, and but like, I don't know that there's anybody, maybe in NFL history that was idolized in the way that Jordan was by a group, by a demographic of people growing up in the nineties. Like if you, I mean, maybe you did like, I didn't really like, I wasn't a Jordan guy. I don't really know why, but like, but I mean, everybody loved, maybe because I was a Duke fan growing up, but I mean like Jordan was the guy like you could tiger woods is maybe the closest thing. And I just don't think golf resonates quite the same way as, uh, as basketball. Yeah, growing up, uh, like Campbell University, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, they had the first ever basketball camp, like summer basketball camp. And Michael Jordan would come there when I was in fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. Uh, hold on, let me get the math right. I must have been. I saw, yeah. I went to Bobby Hurley's basketball camp at Bowie's Creek. Oh, I didn't know he had one there. So yeah, early on, like in the eighties, uh, the, the basketball camp may have started in the sixties or seventies. I don't know, but Jordan would come, uh, and all the ACC guys would roll through there and it was no big deal. Uh, it was a big deal for me, obviously, but it was no big deal to expect them to be the ACC guys. So I remember Jordan back when he was in college, and, and him leaving early was huge. In fact, the I don't know if you're going to answer this joke, uh, Brinson, you may. You may be too young. Do you know the only person on, on earth capable of keeping Jordan to 20 points? The Monstars? David Thompson. Dean Smith. 
Oh, good one. That was a joke when he was there. And, um, you know, obviously we learned in the documentary, Dean told him to go. I didn't remember that at the time. I just remember being upset. But um, he didn't have a great junior year either. That was sort of a surprise because they were the number one team, if I remember correctly, um, going into that year. But, yeah, no, I, I remember Jordan throughout. In fact, I quit watching sort of NBA once he left the Bulls the first time. I was sort of out of it. I, I was I was off sort of like the same thing with, with golf and Tiger Woods. But, uh, yeah, so those were those were some crazy times. And I was a UNC fan, so I wasn't like Brent's and Duke fan. Yeah, I do feel like anyone who is kind of a kid of the 90s, because, like, I was in elementary school during the Jordan years, and that was the last time I, you know, like, I totally remember – the Bulls Jazz Finals. I think that was his final one. The last, the, the last game with the Bulls. Uh, I remember their 72 win season. I remember when they signed Rodman and how crazy that was, uh, because that had been a big deal. They had trouble. Jordan and the Bulls had trouble with him when he played for the Pistons. So, I mean, that was really, that was, and then the NBA kind of had a law. You know, I guess Kobe Bryant was there and Shaq was there. <clears throat> but yeah. I no, the, I mean, the NBA, the NBA went through a, it wasn't, I don't know if it's a drought, but like, I mean, they had Kobe. Kobe's a, a superstar, but like, it was a superstar drought of sorts. And it's, it's come back now and they're, in, it's in great shape. I don't yeah. think anyone in the NFL can ever be capable of being as, as popular as someone in the NBA. The NBA is a superstar driven league. As a fan, you go to games based on the opposing team that's coming to your city. You're never going to do that in the NFL. And I, that's a, that's a Philadelphia before. sports fan, folks. <laughs> that's that's not the case. Well, I agree with him. If we went to the other side of the world and asked someone to name five NBA players and five NFL players, I think they would have a lot easier time naming the NBA players. I mean, I, I would say I would say that like with Tom Brady, like what's his? What, I mean, what's his Q rating? I mean, not his Q, but like what's his popularity score? If you poll a, a thousand random NFL fans, what percentage actually like Tom Brady? Because it might be like seventy. And Jordan would be like 90. Right. In the NBA, I think it's fine for you to root for players on other teams. I don't do that. But I don't think anybody can ever be as popular as MJ. The closest football player is probably OJ. And he was before 1994. Oh, what a preface that, Debo. Get that in there. Well, he quick. was, he was insanely popular though. I mean, Debo's probably, that's he what was I'm saying. Like, he was probably the closest thing. But you do see it with the superstars in the NFL. Like, there's a bunch of Patriots fans that are going to be cheering for the Buccaneers this year that are going to be they want to watch Tom Brady see how he does. Same thing happened with Peyton Manning when he left the Colts. A lot of those Colts fans said, you know, what? I'm I'm cheering for Peyton Manning to win a Super Bowl with the Broncos. You know, as long as the Broncos don't beat the Colts in the AFC title game. So there there are players who have been big enough. Uh, that Joe Montana is another one. When he went to the Chiefs, you had 49ers fans who all of a sudden were cheering for the Chiefs. So there are players who are big enough. Where that happens. What about non-former team fans, though? If it's like yeah. Jaguars fans, when when Manning moves from the Colts to the Broncos, they're not following him there. Whereas you could be a fan of Sacramento Kings or the Houston Rockets and still be a fan of of Michael yeah. Jordan. No, that's a good point. Or if uh, what's his name, um, Steph got traded somewhere. I would imagine people would be curious how that turns out more than Jaguars fans caring about. I, I just think though that like even. Like there, so with Jordan, there was no one. You might like you might have been one of those people who like did like had a conspiracy theory against Jordan or didn't like him because you just didn't like the Bulls. You liked another team or whatever. But like, no one was having like. There's always some argument about quarterbacks. You know, it's like like oh like did you know did Brady? How much is it Brady and how much is it Belichick? It's like Manning, sure, but he only won one Super Bowl when he was like the key component of the offense. Um, you know, Eli were yelling about like nobody, there was no questioning Jordan. Once they like obliterated people on the route to three titles and then he retired. He retired mid after th- winning three titles. He walked away from the game for a year and then came back and won three more. Like it was crazy compelling. And he, and, like, the, you know, that was the last, you know, the, the finale aired last night, but before that it was like, you know, he released a, a press release that just said, I'm back. Like the, like the, the level of superstardom. I mean, anything that happened with Michael Jordan was covered like, like whether it was off the court or on the court it was covered in great deal at what I like to call the CNN level. And I just don't know that you get that. Again, maybe the Patriots at this stage, depending on what we're talking about, if it's a controversy, but like, you know, the Patriots, you know, week two curb stomping of the Bengals isn't getting CNN coverage. Who is the most identifiable player to ever play in the NFL? Woo, Debo, that's a deep, deep question. Like, that- who, who, you, I, I, who you would like identify with or like most no. easily identifiable? Yes, the second part. 
Okay. I want to hear the answer to the first part, though. <laughs> I, don't, I think that's how Breach took it because he said a deep question. I, I was going to say uh, it's a kicker because I'm short and kickers are short. Probably, I mean, probably Danny Woodhead or you know, something like that. No, Danny Woodcock, according to Joe Theismann. That's right. That's right. Um, who's the most identifiable? Only uh, person be like, are you talking about me? I mean, it's probably Tom Brady. Yeah. But is it? What about Peyton Manning? I just think Tom Brady's the most famous NFL player on the planet. If you think about how many people like watch Super Bowls that don't watch any other football game all year long and how many Super Bowls he's played in, I think you have to say Brady. Well, but again, when you go to the Super Bowl parties, those people aren't paying attention. They're watching the commercials and they're eating. Yeah, but they still know Tom Brady. They hear his name over and over again. Doesn't mean you can identify. My point is that it would probably, who, who has the most, who does the most sort of, uh, sponsorship stuff? Is that Tom Brady too? It's, I mean, to your point, then, then Peyton Manning would be up there because he has all those like pizza commercials. Has Tom, has Tom Brady ever hosted SNL? I don't think so. Joe, Joe Montana and Peyton Manning have. Did Eli do it too? Yeah. Yeah. Eli did. Dang. Yeah, but Tom Brady's done some, he's done some, uh, he did a funnier die skit. He's done some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, SNL funnier die skit. Yeah, those are about the same. My wife says currently Tom and Brady. Brady did host Saturday Night Live in 2005. Ooh. Oh, really? 2005. Yeah. Man. That's really, really memorable episode there. Was he dating Tara Reid at that point? Uh, Tom Brady dating Tara Reid? What are you talking about? He's the owner of Falafel City. That was a classic skit. Jeez, Brinson. What do you mean, what am I talking about? He dated Tara Reid back in the day, I do believe. What? I don't know. I can't speak to this. Because that was after the American Pie thing. Let me see if I'm making things what? up. What? There you go. I feel like we would know this. This is... By the way, this is taking Debo's question a little bit out of context, but I honestly think if you were to just say who is the most identifiable fireball NFL player, Colin Kaepernick, no, Colin Kaepernick would be. That's, the that's, that's, that's sort of my point. Because though. non-football fans know who Colin Kaepernick is. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Exactly. That's why I initially brought up OJ, because he, you could be a fan of football in the early 70s, you could be a fan of football and now, a non-football. OJ might be the answer. That might be the actual answer. Yeah. I think it, my construct of this question is I, I don't think there's any direct comparison to MJ, and that's kind of like the point of this exercise, but to kind of point out the closest thing. Yeah, and that's the other thing about football. Everyone wears helmets, so you don't know who's who unless they did something really, really good or, in OJ's case, really, really bad. Because they have a mugshot? Well, that and typically when you do a so, news segment on someone who murders someone, you don't put them in a football helmet. Are you, you saying DeAndre Baker is going to shoot up the most identifiable uh, no. NFL player list? Maybe we don't use the verb shoot up, shoot up to describe DeAndre Baker. Reach. Well, I didn't, I didn't use anything. I would just. World's worst lawyer, John. <laughs> would Brett Favre get run as the most identifiable ever? He said something about Mary. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I mean there it, you go like Terry Bradshaw, who's in other media. And yeah, that's the other thing. Super, super popular in the seventies. Tom Brady was in Ted too. You, you could even say that, uh, Michael Myers. Because Michael Strahan now hosts Good Morning America, and he's on Ooh. whatever Regis and Kathy's called. I don't know what they call it now. But Dan Marino was an Ace Ventura. Come on. Breach, I know you looked at the Wikipedia page for every NFL player in a movie, but I'm trying to make a point about Michael Strahan. Evan Smith was in Little Giants. <laughs> oh, that's a great – are you on that Wikipedia page? <laughs> uh, Jim Brown resume, his IMDb. Yeah, I, I, I think it was like, okay, if if you take, you take uh, headshots with one – with no names on them, and you like show them to my mom. She like, probably knows Michael Strahan, I would imagine. Does she watch Good Morning America? Can't read I, she might not know Strahan. She would 100% know Tom Brady. AK says it is definitely one of Peyton or Brady. The so thing was, just, I think that, was he was just as popular in, in China as he was in America, where the, the football players might be close to a basketball star in America, but they can't compete. Well. But would she know, would she know who Sloth from the Goonies is? Because oh. he was played by an NFL player. Apollo Creed from the Rocky movies, played by an NFL player. So Terry Crews, NFL player. Yes, we get it, John. We know how this works. <laughs> Terry Crews did not play Apollo Creed, Ryan. My God. Oh God. Uh, what's his face? I'm gonna text. My, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna text my mom pictures of. Carl Weathers played Apollo Creed. John Matusak played Sloth. Carl Weathers also in Mandalorian. Carl Wando. <laughs> Good. That was a great impression, John. This is the way. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, uh, Brinson, you can text your mom. On I'm your texting head. my mom a picture of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. In, and sloth. Uh, Add sloth. Uh, I'm trying you to find a picture of sloth. Oh my god. 
I'm trying to find a picture of my of Tom Brady in a, a sloth. Why am I sending a picture of sloth? Because sloth is played by a former NFL player, so maybe that is more identifiable to her. But to my mom? Yeah. Did your mom watch the Goonies? I'm sending. I now. And look, I'm doing. I'm sending my mom a picture of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, not in uniform. So, in other words, like sending him a picture. Uh, my mom a picture of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in ties. Uh, I see that this would be my argument is like, I think you see Peyton Manning. You're like, that's obviously Peyton Manning. I think you, I think like a person who doesn't follow football at all could see a picture of Tom Brady in like, at like the Met Gala and be yeah. like, that's the dude from Dexter. That's a movie star. Exactly. <laughs> Peyton Manning is a super unathletic looking guy with a huge head who is really, really good at his job. Yeah. But are we saying the most recognizable? Cause like, I do think that Devo's original answer of OJ Simpson is probably the most recognizable name. But if, if we're bringing pictures into this, then, you know, like that adds another element. I think you're overthinking it. Well, it's identifiable. I, so like, if you see them on your TV, do you know, can you identify who they are? I can identify sloth. Why do you keep saying this? Because <laughs> he's played by an NFL player. <laughs> I think he's, a lot dying, of he's dying. He's planting his flag on the hill and he's dying on it. Oh, all right. Wilson, Tara Reid claims she made out with Tom Brady. I remember that back in the day. Oh, two, which was right after Tom Brady's ascent. Some because she also dated Kyle Bowler. So Jim, I don't know. What year did you get married? <laughs> 2001. I almost ah, so you said, so, so O2, you weren't, you were like, you were, you know, freshly married, hanging out, like going around to like different like hot spots in uh, wherever the hell you live, maybe DC. You're listening to some Chumba Wumba on the radio with the windows down, blasting Pittsburgh. Tub Thumper. Rolling yeah. through Pittsburgh. That's right, Pittsburgh, baby. Um, had hair. That was the most important thing. <laughs> What'd your hair look like? He showed us a picture before, Brinson. It was at the Super Bowl, right? I, I, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. Of course, you know, by the way, the, the mom. No, no, couple, sorry. That's Dubin. That was Dubin. That oh, right. That was Dubin. Yeah. Dubin had long hair, which is nuts. The, uh, the mom poll does have one fatal flaw is that there's a 50% chance that my mom won't see these. Um, ooh, here it is. Your mom has a flip phone. Top is a Manning. Not sure about the bottom. Yeah, your theory holds. What did she say? Peyton or Eli? She just said a Manning. Yeah, that doesn't really, that's not really a point for Peyton if she can't. Why not? Say, she can't distinguish the difference between Peyton and Eli. That's, I don't know if that's a vote for Peyton. Send her a picture of OJ. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. And Strahan, OJ and Strahan, maybe separately. Oh, yeah. I mean, part, so part of the focus of the documentary is how anywhere MJ would go, he would just be swarmed by people, just thousands of people. I don't think that's ever the, been the case for NFL players to the same extent, but that, that's another way to kind of evaluate it. If someone went out in public at the peak of their powers, so yep. for Jordan, it's 98. For Brady, maybe it's 05 or maybe it's now. 07. 07. Okay. So, so when, how many people would be following them? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And also like, uh, MJ 66. So he goes out. He's also sticking it like that. Tom Brady, 6'4", 6'5", Peyton, 6'4", 6'5". They go out and either, as Brinson points out, that's a movie star, or you go, oh, that guy's probably an athlete, but I have no idea who he is. Yeah, but like with Peyton Manning, these they're so rich, they don't go out in public, or they do it like completely privately. It's also different because uh NBA team has to travel to 82 games a year, so they pretty much have to be out in public. They can't be protected against it. They're going to be out at some point. If you're playing eight road games in the NFL, you're playing one game a week, it's really easy to kind of stay under the radar. Because look, you know, it's not talking about going to Applebee's. He just means in general, what is your identifiability as a, Uh, but but again, there's a reason we don't see these guys mobbed in public because uh, like how many pictures you don't see Peyton Manning show up on TMZ at a restaurant in Hollywood because that's not what he does. He keeps, he keeps to himself. So I I don't know. Michael, Michael Jordan doesn't show up on TMZ. I mean, like he doesn't show up on TMZ now and he's in Charlotte all the time. Like he's traveling on on Greyhound to get to the game 30 years ago. They they also. Also, like, you have to consider the circumstances here as well, is that Jordan was in route to winning a sixth consecutive championship with the year, obviously, off in between when he didn't play basketball. And his GM was actively, like, was refusing to bring back his head coach while and basically saying F you to Jordan, who was still, like, at the peak of his powers. Tom like it's, Brady. But they're saying F you. They let him go. They didn't even make him an offer. But like the Phil Jackson thing, Jordan said, I won't play for the Bulls unless Phil is here. And Jerry Cross is like, Phil's gone. 
And he's like going all in on Ku Coach. I mean, I guess that's Jared Stidham. Ku Coach and Tim Floyd. Is, is that the closest comparison for that angle of it? The, the star that doesn't get along with a front office member? I don't think, you know, Tom Brady's making short jokes to Bill Belichick. I mean, I think Peyton, I think the Peyton Manning neck surgery thing. Like he was, he got along with Bill Polian, but like there was clearly some friction. Although he, had a, I mean, no, I think that's the Favre, the Favre. And, and uh, broke that news, but we didn't. Well, well then maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to be the answer right. since they're trying to run him out of Green Bay. Can we? Can we tell that story on the podcast? You've told it before, I believe. Have I? Have I told you that story? I know the story. I don't know if you've told it on the podcast. This is to get you fired. Go ahead. I'm not getting fired. <laughs> Ryan's like you up. Yeah, it's fine. If anything, we we took the high road journalistically. I guess. What, what, dude, we could have. All right, so. We, I think you can tell it because it's not like new news. Like, you know what I mean? It's already happened. It was January 2012. January 2012, we are at the Super Bowl working in Indianapolis, and we are sitting there in our little cubicle, and all of a sudden, three or four, and it was like a, it, this is back before CBS had any sort of production. We had like this little like curtain pulled back, and these three or four Indianapolis reporters come scurrying over. I don't want to name who they are, just. You know, for the purpose of doing it. And they, they're, you know, they're doing the, the beat reporter thing where they're getting on a conference call with, uh, a, 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 somebody from the team and somebody from the Colts. And I think I can say who it was, right? It would qualify as a high level source, <laughs> the highest level source you could possibly get as far as team matters, right? Like if, uh, Mike Brown gave Breach a story about Joe Mixon having an injury. Right. That would be the highest possible source you could get. If he met him at the Starbucks, for example. You see, you see, right. If he ran into Mike Brown at like a Dunkin' Donuts and he fed him information about Joe Mixon, that would be the highest possible source you could get. Right. Well, this was the highest possible source you could get on Peyton Manning. And we heard it was like it had been reported that Peyton had had two neck surgeries, I think, Ryan, or one. Yeah, I think it was one. And we heard this person explained to these reporters that he had gotten four neck surgeries and we were like oh like and so they were all coordinated because it's all you know it's old school this is pre like you know pre really explosive blogging and all that and it's like pre pre twitter being huge these guys coordinating how they were going to get their stories out there and wilson and i were like man we should we should run with this we should turn like, around and walk away turn around no, turn around and just write a story on cbs it's like High level source that like told CBSSports.com, but it, it felt like that would have been poor journalism. So, uh, that's how we found out that Peyton had four neck surgeries before anyone else. That and, is then, the way, and then Peyton Wilson found $20. Peyton, by the way, the most identifiable person in the NFL. Says who? Everyone but Breach, apparently. He was on this sloth kick. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Brown, the most identifiable man in. Uh, the NFL. All right, let's take All a break. Right. Coming up after the break, we will do some mailbag. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so uh, Joe from Indy, maybe Jim from Indy, Indy. Hmm? Jim from Indy, an anonymous high-ranking source, if you get my drift. Uh, Joe from Indy updated his review. Thank you, Joe, for taking the high road as well. Uh, although a little weird to be like, I'll give you a five-star review. And then he's like, the host, Will Brinson, tries hard. <laughs> Points for honesty. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I do try hard. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, Maybe that's him being nice. Is he saying tries too hard or tries no, hard? He is not saying too, tries too hard. But tries too hard is an insult. Tries hard seems like it's a backhanded compliment. Saying someone is a try hard is a backhanded compliment, but tries hard seems like a compliment. A the try super, hard would be. The super friends are a fun no, group. If, if you call someone a try hard, 
It's definitely an insult. Yeah. Try hard this is one is tries hard. So it's the difference between like the noun and the verb. But I need to know if Joe left to, if he left it out or if he meant I'm, I try hard. I think he meant it. He was being genuine. Uh, let hard. me read what a try hard is according to the internet. And you guys can decide if it. No, no, no. Try hard. No, no. A try hard is different. He knows he's he about to get dunked hard. on. He knows he's about to get dunked on. He's trying to call timeout, get to the sideline before Breach can do it. All right, coming up after this break. <laughs> Go ahead, Breach. Read this. All right, here it is. Rather than achieving an image through genuine personality, the tryhard consciously attempts to fit a certain style through deliberate imitation, and this is usually a forced style. Play the music! <laughs> Not playing the music! <laughs> and then it goes on to listen to example C. Oh, oh, what a big jam! Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that... See, I would disagree. I would say that A, I do not try hard. And B, <laughs> that I am just myself on the podcast. I don't do anything. Like, I'm just me. But yeah, we should um, know. It does not say try hard. It says tries hard. Brent, Will Brinson tries hard. So maybe <laughs> does mean that you're actually trying hard. I mean, yes, I, but I'm just confused. I, like, does he, does he think I try too hard? Does he think yeah, I, like, I'm a I think, hu- it's, I think he, he thinks you're not good, but at least you're trying hard. You know, because if you ever lead with a compliment about someone, it'd be like, well, he tries hard, like in sports. Yeah. See, that I, means like you're not faulting the player. Like he's just doing as well as he can. He just doesn't have the elite ability to be a good player. Oh, but he's also, trying that, hard. That reminds me the most identifiable, like inner, inner identifi- identification NFL player, Wes Welker. What? No. What? That's a. Ooh. It's it's sloth. We already figured this out. <laughs> He's a no, 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 no. Brenton, he looks like he every should... other guy in America. No, no, Brenton, exactly. He's like me. Brenton, send no, no. your mother-in-law hey, hey, a picture hey, hey. of Wes Welker and see what she. Does. No, <laughs> I'm not saying everyone will identify him. I'm saying that I can easily identify with Wes Welker oh, okay. as a short white dude who made it through sheer grit and hustle and trying hard. Uh, okay, so uh, he continued to say. Uh, the Super Friends are a fun group with close to average gambling advice. So that, these are pretty clearly backhanded compliments. True. Um, I, ri- I originally gave them a one star thanks to Pete giving bad dating advice. Here's the five stars, and I owe them a round of beer next time they're in Indy. Hopefully, Will is with them for it. Nice. Two, uh, he opens with a slap and then ends with a slap. <laughs> I love it. That's a, that's a listener who gets the show, though. Like, if you're insulting me on the iTunes podcast, you get it. Like, like a backhanded compliment, backhanded insults to me on the on iTunes. Data use them. All right, mailbag question from the real Lucy P. Love the show, especially when it is a Super Friends pod. Anyway, my question is: If Dwayne Haskins has a bad year statistically, and Washington has a top ten pick, do they try to enter the Lawrence Fields Newman Lance sweepstakes, or do they give Ryan Wilson? You can answer this. Haskins another year. They 100% enter the Lawrence Fields Newman Lance sweepstakes because they have a top 10 pick and Dwayne Haskins does not play well. Because, I mean, what are you waiting for? Uh, next year's class, you could argue it might be better than this year's class. I know a couple people love Trevor Lawrence more than Joe Burrow. I'm not one of those people yet. But, I mean, Justin Fields could be, and I'll, I'll give Barton Simmons credit for this, our guy at 247. He said this the day, day three of the, the 2020 draft. We were talking about 2021 because why not? He said, Justin Fields, just give him a year. He's only been in that system a year at Ohio State. He could be leaps and bounds better, and he was really good last year. He may be better than Trevor Lawrence. So if some guy's there and you're a top-10 pick and you have a chance to move up, why not do it? We talk about you know tanking for Tua or Trevor. Um, if you're not in a position to do it, I think you have to give a ser- serious consideration, especially if Dwayne Haskins um, you know, doesn't progress as much as you want. How, how long are you going to wait on Dwayne Haskins? I would get rid of him this year and sign Cam Newton. I wanted the I wanted to draft Tua. I mean, I I uh, I agree. Like, I think I, to that point, Sean, the Tua thing. Like, I think to me, this is the compromise for Ron Rivera to not draft Tua, which is okay. We're you know we're going to go with Chase Young. We're going to give Dwayne Haskins a year. Like, if you draft Tua, you're you are putting yourself potentially at odds with your boss and Dan Snyder, who wanted to. That was his pick, Dwayne Haskins, right? And if you give Dwayne Haskins another year and Haskins doesn't work out, you can go to you can go to Snyder and say, "Look, man, hey, we tried to make it work. We need to we need to get a quarterback, and he's not the guy." Well, let me ask you guys this because the question specifically mentions you know they get a top ten pick. Redskins went three and thirteen last season. What if Dwayne Haskins goes six and ten? They end up with a 10th overall pick. Snyder's like, oh, well, we improved. Let's give him another year. And Rivera's like, yeah, we didn't really improve. We need to get up there and get Trevor Lawrence. What do you do then? If, if they win six games, with, 
If they, well, win, they win six, six games, games, they're not getting Trevor Lawrence, though. But or no, there's more than Trevor Lawrence. The per, the real OCP listed four possibilities. Right. So at, at the tenth slot, you go six and ten. Do you grab a quarterback? I would trade up to five if you if you think that someone. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are not falling to five. Okay, person who can see into the future. Uh, you wait, know, wait, wait. Who was your number one pick a year ago, Brinson? Jake Fromm, <laughs> who fell to who fell to number five in terms of the fifth round. Good call, Brinson. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is an easy dunk, all right. But, uh, um, no, if they're at 10, and you can trade up to however far you have to trade up. You're not going to trade up to number one, but if you can go to five and get someone who's there that you like. Trevor Lawrence is going first overall, buddy. Well, here's the thing. We thought Tua was going one, and he fell to five. So I get your point, Brinson. I don't see it happening, but you never know with injuries. I just talked to you about Justin Fields. So yeah. Okay, you're you're right. You're right. If if Trevor Lawrence suffers a uh, uh, a career threatening injury and there's another national pandemic in March, then yes, it is possible he could fall. What does the pandemic have to do? Because the doctors couldn't check out Tua. What are you talking about? It was four freaking weeks ago. Hey, uh, his Breach. voice got so high. Yes, I know. That sounded like a if, if the doctors had checked out Tua and he got a clean bill of health, he not he would not have gone number one overall. No, let, let, I'll, he would have gone two overall. I'll take it even a step further. You just said number one overall. I'll take it a step further. What if Tua did not get injured and Joe Burrow still threw sixty touchdowns? What do you think the Bengals are doing at number one? Well, but, the, the, well, Tua, uh, Brenton, he asked Tua would have gone one and two, one and two. Burrow and Tua would have gone one and two. Is my one point. and Tua? <laughs> but uh, here's what I would ask you, Wilson: Does Tua's numbers improve at all uh because he was healthy the whole time like what's the difference as far as to his numbers you mean when he, when he was drafted no, no his season yeah oh, his, his college season, season. His, his season was virtually over it was at the end of november so i think they only had a few games left what well right does he throw five touchdowns per game in those games that's what I'm asking. Like, how much? Oh, better? I don't know how many games he had left. I mean, his stats are are what they. I mean, those. I don't think anyone's affected by the stats. They were just concerned about the hip. Right, and if he does not suffer this hip injury and he th- goes lights out, he played oh. in nine. He played in nine games. I mean, he probably would have ended up playing fourteen or fifteen. Well, how many games did Alabama play? Well, you play twelve. Every college team plays twelve games. Alabama was going to make the SEC championship. So what's the? I'm not looking at his stats. Do you have them in front of you, Breach? Like, how many touchdowns did he have when he got I hurt? Think they, I mean, asking if if Tua kept the same pace. And he finished the season. Who would have gotten picked first, Burrow or Tua? Exactly. And he had thirty-three touchdowns and three interceptions. Twenty-three, in two-three. Thirty-three touchdowns and three interceptions in nine games. Okay, so he throws forty-five interceptions. Let's say he throws fifty. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, touchdowns. <laughs> Let's say he throws fifty touchdowns. That's still ten fewer than what Joe Burrow threw. And Joe Burrow played at a much higher level. So Joe Burrow's going number and, one. And, and and actually, let me correct myself on the fourteen games because LSU beat Alabama. And so Alabama would not have gotten to the SEC title game, but likely would have gotten into the playoff, in my opinion, if Tua had been healthy the whole time and they, and they went out their only losses. To I him. don't think anyone, 90% of people I would imagine, if you ask them around the league, they would take Joe Burrow over Tua, number one, assuming all else equal health-wise. If, if Tua plays out the entire season and Burrow has the season he still had, Burrow is going first. Yeah, that's what I just said. Right, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm confirming it. But you said Tua was going number one, just like you're saying Trevor's going number one. Those no, are I, I, no, I, I'm saying that they would have gone one and two. I don't care what the order is, and oh, Burrow would have gone first. Look, right. look, I was just confirming your point after you, the NFL draft analyst, said, how many games did he play? I don't know. <laughs> Why would I know how many games Tua played? I know he got hurt in late November. That's all I needed to know. Some, surely somebody agrees that. That Ryan should have known how many games to attack of a little played in 2000. Yeah, Wes Welker agrees with you. All right, next question. <laughs> also, he got hurt in. He got hurt. No, he got hurt in November. I knew uh, that. Though. Didn't didn't give me any points for that, did you? No. Moving along, cut that part where I acknowledge Wilson was right out. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, great pod. This is from Blanco the Black on Apple Podcast. Always fun to listen to. Great content both on and off season. I think even in and off season, but that's okay. It feels like a bunch of friends just talking about football. Well, we're not friends, but we are talking about football. Question, how would the – well, Sean and John and I are friends. How would the Broncos' win total change with a different quarterback, say Winston Rivers, Mahomes, or Burrow? Thank you for giving us great content. Um, I think that those answers uh, are all different. If Mahomes is on the Broncos, eleven and a half. 
to I'd say ten, ten and, and a half. Because yeah. without Andy Reid, no Andy Reid. We're assuming no Andy Reid here. Uh, yeah, I would say ten and a half for Mahomes. What is it now? I'm sorry. What's the the win? Seven oh. seven and a half juice to the over. I would say that Rivers eight and a half, nine and a half, eight and a half. Yeah, I don't think it'd be high. Colts are eight. Colts are nine. So eight and a half Broncos. Eight and a half feels right. Could you I, uh, imagine Patrick Mahomes' offense coordinator being Pat Shermer? <laughs> Shermer's actually a good offensive coordinator. That, that's what it would be in Denver. Um, Jameis Winston on the Broncos. That's an interesting one. Jameis Winston. I love how they spell his name. I'm going to start calling him Jameis Winston. Winston. Uh, he's French. Eight. I'm going to say it wouldn't change that much. Yeah, <laughs> I think it goes up at least a game. Well, put, let, let me put it to you this way. Would you rather have Drew Locke on, on Team A or, or Jameis Winston on Team A? I mean, John Elway would rather have Drew Locke, apparently. Yeah, so I think it's probably stays the same. That's uh, I agree with that. We, all right, I, I wouldn't take – I don't know if I would take the over eight and a half on the Broncos if they had Jameis. I'm not sure about that. No, I wouldn't. It'd be, it'd be interesting, though. Well, although, you know, my joke is he can see now, but I don't, I'm not willing to bet a lot of money on him winning nine games. Um, and then with Joe Burrow, I would say seven and a half. I think, no. it's, probably, I think it's probably I, the same. I yeah. put it eight and a half on Joe Burrow. I think part of the problem is you're, you have to incorporate this offseason. And so like Pat Sherman, yeah, I don't, I'm fine with that. I mean, Burrow is almost certainly an upgrade over Drew Locke. So I think it probably needs to be a little bit higher. Man, Burrow, that offense would be fun. All right, mm-hmm. theory tips. This is from Slivey17. Gentlemen, great show. I'm a landscaper in Georgia who listens to you all when I work. That is freaking awesome. I love it. I love podcasts during yard work. It's fantastic. So first off, thanks for that. It really is a good show and makes some of the hard work pass faster. Secondly, even though I grew up in Alabama playing football as a kid, we were never really taught the bird's eye view theory of it all. I recently discovered Film Don't Lie University on YouTube. It's a great segment that I'm not sure is still running. But it goes over stuff like pre-snap reads or identifying if a particular defensive arrangement will leave portions of the field open or bring pressure from a particular angle. Do you have suggestions for similar sources of education such as that? Better yet, will you all mind adding some of that into your discussions? Best to everyone, Stephen. Um, you know, actually, I saw Jeff Schwartz tweet out something today or on Friday. Uh, he's doing a series of X's and O's. Uh, where he discusses, um, how to, uh, like the first one was like, uh, 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 protecting, blocking and protecting in an empty formation, which, uh, so there's some, some good stuff you can check out on Joe, on, uh, from Jeff Schwartz's feed. Uh, I, I would say, what? Go ahead. I would say that, you know, like if you want to see the bird's eye view, quote unquote, of football, you should subscribe to Game Pass because they have the all 22 and that's not going to explain to you directly. What's going on? But it is a good way to kind of understand the game. Uh, it, it, you can say you see a receiver who burnt a corner, a corner got burnt, or, or a safety who blew a coverage. You watch all 22 the next day and see exactly what happened, why it happened, how it happened. But I would say as far as our podcast goes, and, and kind of what Brinson would just mention with Schwartz on Twitter, I'm sure he's doing a video. If there's a video component, it's a lot easier to describe what's going on uh, with the all 22. But when you're – Oh, audio only, you know, as we are right the second, although we might be video soon, right, Debo? You know, then you're getting into – you're talking about a lot of moving parts, and it, it kind of gets confusing. And it's also one of those things where you do need more time to be able to go back and watch that. And, like, when we, for, ex- for example, have a Sunday night show, we are reacting to the games, like, right after they happen. Uh, these aren't video recommendations, but Crispy Brown has written two really good books on football that go a lot into different types of offenses, different types yeah. of defenses, and whatnot that I would recommend, and it's really easy reading. Yes, it's smart football. So, yeah, if anyone don't lie, Brett Coleman, who I actually found out about, like, January, and he's awesome. Like, he works – like, he's a self-employed. He does all on the YouTube channel, and he does really good stuff. His website – I think it's just Brett Coleman. His YouTube channel still – I don't think it does less the film – uh, don't lie and more just sort of X's and O's. He does a ton uh, of stuff. I mean, he, like he, he did it great. It's, it's one of the best resources like online, especially during draft season. And another, um, YouTube channel I mentioned that I, I stumbled on like last month and is my new favorite go-to YouTube channel. JT O'Sullivan, the former backup quarterback, um, forever. He's played everywhere and he talks about it on his YouTube channel, uh, the QB school. So that's what it's called. QB school, YouTube, it's there. And he does all sorts of like breakdowns and he does them frequently, like three, four, five times a week sometimes. Um, right now he's going through a lot of the college players we're talking about, like the quarterbacks. He did Trevor Lawrence, 
last week. He did uh, Justin Fields this week. He just did Trey Lance on Friday, and um, he does X's and O's, and it's like geared towards the quarterback. But I mean, if you're interested in seeing what a quarterback's doing and what he's trying to do in, in terms of coverage and stuff, it is invaluable. Like he, he's been doing it for like a year and a half, maybe two years. So you can go through his stuff and, and see all sorts of things. And I could spend, you can spend hours just watching stuff and you actually learn, he's, he's great at explaining it. So I would check out the QB school with JT O'Sullivan on YouTube. Um, yeah, I've got, I've, I've got one too. Um, too. And I, I think you have to be a little bit careful too, because there are a lot of people who put stuff on Twitter where they're like this, this, and this. And it's like, I'm not questioning, I'm not, I'm not really naming anybody in particular. I don't want to question the bona fides of anybody, but like, um, I've, I've had a discussion with a former NFL quarterback who shall remain nameless, uh, who was like this, uh, no, 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 it was, it was Brady Quinn. Um, he, Brady, if Brady saw me retweet something from somebody that was like looking at a, a quarterback prospect. And this person has since proven to be crazy and, and wrong and uh, regret, regrettably retweeted. Um, they have weird, this person has weird stances on Marcus Mariota. Um, but, uh, the, uh, the, um, Brady texted me. He was like, what are you doing? Don't retweet. Like, like that is dead wrong. And I think, so I think, I guess my point is that like, you have to be careful about what you're reading on Twitter when people talk about certain concepts and how something works in an offense, because, uh, that isn't all like, it's not always accurate. You know, just like some, like somebody who learned it straight off there. Uh, Ted, uh, Ted Wynn at the, at the athletic is, uh, really good at doing film breakdowns. I would highly recommend his stuff. You have to have an athletic uh, subscription, but he doesn't do video. Um, the other one that, uh, is sort of like, it should be the most obvious and, uh, nobody really thinks about it. The Patriots do the Bellistrator. Bill Belichick breaks it, breaks down tons of film. Uh, they've been doing it for years and it's on YouTube and it's on Patriots.com. Like if you Google Bellistrator, uh, you can look at from November 18, how Aaron Rodgers weapons will test the Patriots secondary from, uh, 2017. It's a six and a half minute, uh, breakdown of the, the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills. Um, May t- 2018, he did breaks down the Falcons offense. So there's tons of really great stuff and it's Belichick and Scott Zolak, unicorns. Hey, rainbows! Um, talking about football, and it's it's actually really compelling content because it's Belichick doing film study. Okay, moving along. Moving along. Mailbag, great show. Not really a question, but we'll allow it. Sure, sounds good. Brinson, if you're going to make ridiculous predictions every episode, bet on the Jags to win the AFC South. How dare you, CJ Bright? Philip Rivers is washed. It's a, what? The Titans are going to regress, <laughs> and Houston is overall a much weaker team than last year. Minshew is going to play his butt off this season. You all said that Jacksonville is a better team now than this time last year. Dot, 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 dot. Discuss. Well, look, CJ's claim that the Jaguars winning the division is wouldn't even rank the top five craziest things you've said over the last month. So I think he, he's on to something. Where would, it, where would it rank with the Garrett Bradbury prediction? Oh, this would be like 50th. Garrett Bradbury, Trent Williams for offensive comeback player of the year. I mean, the Jags are like 12 to one to win the division. So it's not like, it's not even remotely as crazy as Garrett Bradbury, who had no odds or Trent Williams at 140, who has since moved to 50 to one, Wilson. I see you quivering in your boots. You notice how many times Brinson has brought this up. He brought it up on Slack. Ryan did tagged Ryan. Ryan did not respond. Then we started texting him the group. He sent it again in the group chat. Did not respond, and now he has to bring it up on the podcast. Out here moving lines, baby. You know what the sad thing is about Jacksonville is that I maybe Phillip Rivers is going to be washed. Maybe the Titans do regress, and yes, Houston is overall much weaker. And yes, we all think the Jags got better, but I, we still think they're the worst team in the division, despite agreeing with almost everything <laughs> this person wrote. Is there any chance that Houston finishes last? Yeah, if Watson absolutely. gets hurt, absolutely. If Watson gets uh, hurt, this team's going to be picking for like the top pick. I'm I mean, gonna, if you, you can gonna, say that about almost any team. I'm, we, we're running short on time here, but I, I feel compelled to make, uh, you know, I'm a truthful man, uh, Uh-oh. an honest man, uh, you know, morally, I have a moral code. So I'm going to do something I don't like to do and I'm going to, uh, admit sort of a mistake. Oh, good. So as it turns out, the Trent Williams odds, uh, on my local site were 140 to one. They were actually 50 to one at William Hill when we did the pod. So, uh, I guess this is where Ryan would say, play the music. Whoa! Oh! What a big jam! Wallace took it in his hands and said, up, up and away! 
The uh, best part, as oh. Sean pointed out, is that you were bragging about the odds changing for the Brinson last. giving out odds from like some offshore site in Madagascar. What are you doing, Brinson? <laughs> that is a self. That is a self dunk. I didn't get it. One forty at least. I got one forty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Um. Yeah, they're a hundred or one forty. I can't remember. I think it's one forty. Uh, but you know what? Uh, through my shenanigans, I got Ryan to give me one forty two. Yes. <laughs> and I look forward to not getting that twenty five dollars when it's when it's due to it'll be thirty when Mitchell can clear the Mr. Trubisky thing. Um okay. That's it. Uh by the way, we should point out uh just very quickly, this was left before the DeAndre Hopkins trade. But uh, you, you the eleven oh three asked as a lifelong Texas fan. Bill O'Brien's head coaching is bad, but how do we feel about him as a general manager? Thanks, Josh. P.S. Brussels sprouts are not a Thanksgiving food. He left that back in February. We collect these and then answer them. Uh, and yes, uh, shortly thereafter, DeAndre Hopkins was in fact traded. Therefore, cementing as he as he he added it, he was like, I think we have an answer now. Um, yeah, that was uh, that that was that was uh, certified when Bill O'Brien decided to trade DeAndre Hopkins. Agreed. Okay, that's it for the show. Happy Monday. Hope you're doing well. Uh, make sure and uh, check out Pete Prisco's Top 100 coming up on Wednesday. We'll talk to Pete for Wednesday's show. We'll have a bunch of breakdowns of it. We'll criticize him. We'll tear him apart. And uh, talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.